Later this month, on October 21st, South Korea will launch its first homegrown satellite launch vehicle, the Nuri. It will make its maiden journey into space from the NATO Space Center in Kohung, South Cholado Province, and if all goes according to plan, South Korea will become the seventh country in the world to possess independent capabilities, launch an over one-ton satellite into orbit from its own soil. It's the big buzz generator at home, but ahead of its highly anticipated launch, we got curious about the key technology that had spent the last decade in development and the bigger picture question. What are South Korea's space ambitions anyway? To provide us with a better understanding on this topic, we're joined by the Space News Korea correspondent, Mr. Shisu Park. He's an award-winning journalist who has over 14 years of working with English media domestically, as well as internationally. Mr. Park is also an author of two books on learning English as a native Korean and a YouTuber. You wear many hats, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Park. <laughs> and thank you for returning to Young Radio. Thank you for having me. You know, the last time we crossed paths on Young Radio, you had a different job. Yeah, right. I do wonder how you ended up at Space News of all places. <laughs> I know it's the hot commodity, but yeah. what's been your what's been your journey the last ten years? Yeah, actually, I joined the Space News just one year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, before I in, in telling about my myself, I want to tell the about the Space News itself. And the Space News is a American news outlet, online outlet, and magazine publisher mm -hmm. specializing in space issues. And I'm a sole correspondent covering um, space policy and industry here in South Korea and Asia as a whole. Right, right, right. Um, was this <laughs> a strategic move for you to end up covering space news of all the things that you can specialize in? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> actually, moving to this space news was kind of a strategic decision I made after working 14 years at a general newspaper in Korea. Uh, uh, in general newspaper, I was used to rotate one bit to another every two or three years. And mm. one day I realized that I, I couldn't find the field or segment in which I can be burst in. Mm. So mm. that was something I find myself a problem mm. with myself. So so I decided to move to a segment I can be burst in, I can be specializing, and then then... All this year came a space issue emerged in the U.S. Right, and yeah, the then, idea of you in space tourism yeah, right, for right, regular right, folks right, right, right. like me. Yeah, right. And then I grabbed it, and that that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you found your expertise because it's right in line and right in schedule for such a timely topic for South Koreans. Uh, just in case our listeners are not all caught up, can you tell them about the latest launch? The Nuri set for later this month? Yeah, uh, before telling about the launch itself, uh, I want to give you a brief introduction of Nuri mm. or KSLV Sakun. Mm. Uh, Nuri is a Korean name, and internationally, the rocket is known as a KSLV Sakun. KSLV stands for Korea Space Launch Vehicle. Ah. Yeah. And you, you may wonder why Sakun, because we, the South Korea, had a KSLV one back in 2013. The narrow? Yes, narrow. That's narrow in Korea. Mm. And uh, there was a two-stage rocket, and we, it, it was successfully launched mm. and by meters wide, All and right. its weight is 200 ton. So when it's, everything is loaded, like a fuel and everything, a satellite, yeah. every devices are loaded, it's, it's up to uh, 200 tons. And if it's, it's used fuel, a kerosene, which is similar to jet fuel. Okay. Yeah. And it's capable of delivering 
up to 1.5 tons of payload mm. to 600 to 800 kilometers above our heads. Mm. This is with this is an area we called it low Earth orbit. Okay. Yeah. Mm. This mm. is basically the specification of the Nuri or KSLV2, and. Let me explain the how things will unfold on the launch date. All right. Uh, yeah. According to the government and science ministry, it will launch from narrow space center, as you mentioned. And mm. um, in the morning, in the in the morning of the launch date, the, the rocket will transport to the launch pad on the giant non-vibration transporter, and then will erect it vertically on the launch pad and get fueled. Mm. And then the, the well checking will be started and at a three ground station, one in Naro Space Center and another one in Jeju Island mm -hmm. and another one in Palau. Okay. And if everything goes accordingly, the launch countdown will begin. Mm. Once the rocket lift up, it will lift up bulkery and twist its position towards south to fly through a approved narrow pathway between Jeju Island and Japan. Is that it sounds impressive, right? And that's a pretty key part of the launch and the journey itself, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. This All is right. very initial beginning part of the journey toward right, this space. Right. Yeah. The first stage is four powerful engines each weighing seven five tons. Mm. It's burning for one hundred twenty seven seconds mm. to put the rocket at fifty nine kilometers high. Okay. And the speed of 24,840 kilometers per hour. Uh, from a regular <laughs> listener's perspective, I have no idea how to compare, how to even begin to compare yeah. from the speed that I understand. So I, gave, I bring an example how to, to fill the, the speed itself. Please. It, at the speed, 24,840 kilometers per hour is you can travel at, at this speed, travel around the globe just in one and a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> around the entire globe, you said. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like quite a trip. <laughs> but, but it's, not, it's not over. Mm -hmm. There's more speed we need to go through. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Because uh, here mm -hmm. is a scientific, scientific term, escape velocity. What's that? This is a, a minimum speed mm -hmm. the, at which uh, required for a rocket to break through also atmosphere and move into the uh, space. Move into space, all right. That is the 11.2 mm -hmm. kilometers per second. Okay. That's huge. That's great fast. <laughs> and that's approximately 33 times the speed of sound. All right. Yeah. Thank you for bringing these comparisons because <laughs> without it, it doesn't yeah. make much sense to yeah. most of our listeners. All right. So that that in itself is a pretty impressive part of this technology yeah, and the maiden journey. Yeah, that is the part of the rocket. Mm. All yeah. right. All right. So, as I mentioned, the, the first stage will burn for one hundred twenty-seven seconds to put the rocket at fifty-five kilometers high. Mm -hmm. And the first stage will separate it from the other body, mm -hmm. and the second. The boost to the ignition of the second stage engine will begin. Mm. And then second stage will ignition for 106 seconds mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to put the rocket at 258 kilometers high. Okay. Yeah. And mm. then payload fairing will be jettisoned. Mm. And then while the second stage burning continue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the second stage burning will end at 
as I mentioned, 258 kilometers high and the third engine ignition to begin and to put the rocket at the final destination, which is the 700 kilometers high. And then, then the rocket released the payload. And this time, the payload is not real satellite. It's a satellite mock-up. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, because this, is, this time is the Friday, is the demonstration Friday, not real one. Mm -mm. Just like a demonstration technology applied to this rocket. So why would we uh, attach an expensive satellite to uh, it's essentially a rehearsal then? Yeah, a yeah, run yeah, through. yeah right, okay. right, right. The whole process from ripped off from reaching mm. the target orbit will take uh, 967 seconds or 16 minutes and 11 seconds. Okay. That's a short period of time. I was going to say, it's a lot of hoopla for a very brief journey, it sounds Yeah, sure, like. sure, sure. Just yeah. a 60 minute, but there are many things happening between them. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got to ask you a pretty loaded question, and I feel like this is what most of our listeners might be curious about. From what I can understand, as just someone who's following the story with no uh, deep knowledge of the industry... These space projects are notoriously expensive, right? Yeah. And I do wonder, given the timing with the pandemic and all of it, what is South Korea's motivation for being so determined to make this a success? From my perspective, number one motivation was to have South Korea's own capability mm -hmm. to launch satellite. That's important, because, right? Yeah, because so far uh, we have relying, fully relying the, the falling launchers to send our satellite. So... The first motivation I mentioned was the uh, having our own capability itself is quite critical because think about that the uh, space issue is not a, just a domestic issue. That this is an international issue. We can see a uh, SpaceX or many other uh, space company, the U.S. China is launching rocket numerous times every single year. And last year, uh, I remember more than a hundredth time launch what took place last year alone. Because this is a global race. We mm. need, if we do nothing, we'll fall behind. Even further behind. Sure, sure, sure. So we have to do that. So mm. the problem is, as you mentioned, it's, it costs a lot. Yeah. So we need to have our own reason why we need to pursue mm -hmm. this project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but that, as I mentioned, this is international race. So if we do nothing, we'll fall back further. Okay. Yeah. So, so it has to be a simultaneous priority. Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. So in this regard, having our own technical capability mm. to launch our uh, satellite anytime, mm. anywhere, is so number one motivation. We need to, what, why we need to pursue mm. the space project. Is yeah. there other reasons that you find interesting as to why we are pursuing as a nation this uh, this effort to launch our own satellite with our own technology? Of course, there's also economic reason. Mm. Yeah, because uh, this uh, space economy is quite expanding very fast. There's some um, statistic and for there's a projection that the uh, space economy will grow exponentially over mm. the next decade. Mm -mm. So there are many uh, field of industry that can uh, take advantage from the uh, space technology. For example, uh, mobile communication. Mm -hmm. Now we are uh, use it. Now in in Korea, which is very well connected country, uh, we feel no, no no problem with connecting to each other using a mobile phone. But um, for example, think about the uh, very remote area or the mountainous area. Mm -hmm. You may have experience of not being connected to the mobile signal and for example north pole south pole desert mm -hmm. everything this is still not connected to the other part of the world so 
if the uh, satellite is launched and we can get connected to each other via the satellite, it's a kind of opening a new area mm. where we can get connected. Connected yeah. for pro- maybe business, for yeah. connectivity in general. Sure, sure, what sure. that may imply is sure, because sure. with more communication expanding, sure, 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 it sure. can open up this sort of blue ocean of un- untapped territory, essentially. Sure, sure, sure. All right. I, I can see the economic benefits of this because without this context, I was questioning what is the point of this at this point in time? It's been in the works for 10 years from what I understand. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, before we went on air, you did mention that the possibility of everything going smoothly on any space exploration projects, yeah. private or public, we run a lot of risks, right? What can we expect once this launch is a success in South Korea? You know, that's actually a pretty big point, right? Yeah, um, sure. Is, is there a possibility that it could also not go as scheduled or accordingly? Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, there's a saying, this popular saying in the space sector, mm. uh, space community, that is, space is hard. Mm. Yeah. It's, oh, it's it, so it's, short, but it's, it's, I, I yeah, get it. It refers to the uh, difficulty mm. yeah, to realize the te- uh, space technology. So I would like to say don't be too much optimistic about the success of mm. upcoming launch because um, according to the government, government data, there were over nearly 1,000 launch attempts mm. over the past decade. Mm-hmm. And the failure rate was around 6%. Mm. Yeah, that means 6 out of 100 launch were failed. That's a little too high, isn't yeah. it? Mm. It can be delayed. The end, and as we talk about earlier, this part of the interview, uh, the wind could be a big factor, and there's so many other factors that can affect the launch launch event. Mm. So, depending on the what is happening on the launch date, the, the launch can be delayed, mm. called up in the last minute of the countdown, mm-hmm. and even failed, explode, mm. blow up in the middle air. It's always everything is possible. But one thing I would like to highlight is that it doesn't mean our technology applied to the, the, the KSO2 is not good. Mm, Failure mm. is common. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I'd like to highlight. Space yeah. is hard, yeah. and therefore failure is common in these launches. So yeah. we should consider that in reporting these stories. I think that's really important. Yeah, sure. And, and then the, the NARO, the KSO1, mm. launched back in 2013. It succeeded after two Failure. I remember the two failed attempts. Yeah, first uh, one was uh, mm. because of problem with the fairing, and the second time was exploded while ascending due to internal fault. So, right. once again, the space is hard, and failure is common. All right, I'll try to you know kind of engrave that in my mind because based on these headlines, I think we get really excited and hyped up, and when the launch doesn't happen successfully, I think the public does get a little disappointed or confused, and maybe even questioning the technology, which is something that we shouldn't be doing anyhow. Don't be disappointed. Yeah, that's common. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like that. I, I feel like that's the quote of the day for us today. Uh, here's another angle that I want to ask you before we let you go. As a space watcher and someone who has been specializing in this industry for now a year, what do you think of the private space flights that have been taking place recently? That is the target to, of course, strengthen the space tourism industry. Yeah, right, right, right. For 
Actually, actually, I I think it's a great achievement. You know what? It, it was a dreams come true moment for many of us, including me and probably Lena. Yes. You know, frankly speaking, I because th- at first I thought, oh, uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> he always marches to the beat of his own drum. He's kind of extraordinary like yeah, that, right. and a lot of these billionaires have that in yeah, common, right. right? They dream extraordinarily big, and I didn't even realize this was an option until it happened. Yeah, right. All within this year. All these competitors saying, "I did it first. We did it faster." Yeah, right, and these right, competitions—it's—it's right. it's exhilarating. Yeah. But you—you you also see it as a positive thing. Sure, sure. Before before answering that, the、uh, let me ask you a question. If you are rich enough, <laughs> loaded with money, yeah, <laughs> are you willing to buy a ticket for space tourism? Oh, can I be like the next generation tourist? <laughs> Not the first try. I just don't think I'm brave enough, Mr. Park. Would you? Oh, I hope so. If I reach enough, yeah, you would、I'll, take that.、Yeah. You would have taken that. I feel the microgravity environment. I can. F- I need. I want to feel the how I can move. In, what kind of feeling I will have in the. You know, general gravity situation. So, yeah. Maybe this is why, Mr. Park, you have your specialty and I have mine.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds terrifying to、yeah. me. All right. So, to answer that final question, so you see it as a positive move that you know people are excited about this potential that the space tourism industry has. Yeah. Actually, as I mentioned, it was great achievement and dreams come true moment for everybody and、mm-hmm. not everybody, many of us, including、mm-hmm. me. But、uh, my position, actually, my frankly speaking, my position to this. Space tourism is that I'm not too much optimistic about positive、mm-hmm. about it. I mean, there's a many top priority、mm-hmm. above the space tourism.、Mm-hmm. There is there's a with such an advanced technology and huge budget. There's a many issues we need to tackle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of the space tourism. Space tourism, as I mentioned, is 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 kind of joyriding. Mm-hmm. Even for the rich,、right. super, super rich, the super But, rich, or the super lucky. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And there's many other things like climate change and the poverty, global poverty. There's many all the issues we need to tackle globally with the global effort. But so my position is that space tourism is a great achievement. That's true. But if I were the decision maker, I would put that resources、mm-hmm. that is now being used for the tourism. Into other issues to、mm. tackle the global crisis,、mm. like a, like so, poverty. You said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. How would you connect those two worlds? For example, let me give you an example of a、uh, uh, climate change.、Mm-hmm. Um, we can help tackle the climate change with the space technology. For example, now we are struggling to find the the resources where our、uh, air pollution resources come from. But if you look. The situation from the space is quite easy to find, figure out where the main sources come from. Like、mm-hmm. satellite imaging and satellite monitoring,、mm-hmm. we can figure out where the the so- main source of air pollution.、Mm-hmm. So, there, this is one of the example, and then、um, there is a、uh, many other issue. Like we can u- using the space technology, we can tackle. The space technology can be applied to the self-driving technology and autonomous agriculture、mm-hmm. and sea monitoring, water monitoring. The、mm-hmm. sea level we can monitor which side is more dangerous than the other part. There's a, many many other segment we can make a good solution with space technology. So right, yeah,、right. so if I were decision maker, I would put the resources now being used in the space source tourism into、mm-hmm. other segment that would be. 
good for everybody. Mr. Parker, I feel like that's an opinion piece waiting to be written. I, I, I feel the passion. Use these resources, really expensive ones at that, for the betterment of, well, mankind and our survival. So recently, the yeah. UN Secretary General yeah. recently criticized billionaires for mm. what he called the joyriding yeah. to space. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll have to leave it there for now. This was an exciting conversation. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been a pleasure. We hope to connect with you again in the future. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.